And week number three, day 12 of our Eagles Camp Recap with John McMullen here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. A hot, hot day today as the team got back to work, Johnny Mac, after the game on Thursday night. There are a lot of storylines to talk about uh, from today's practice, and a lot of those storylines don't have anything to do with Thursday night. Let's start there. No, I mean, I think Thursday night is put behind us. I mean, they, you know, even in the regular season, you try to turn the page as quickly as possible. Obviously, you want to go through each and every uh, play and dissect the game preseason even more so. I mean, you're turning the page. You're quickly on to the next thing uh, because it's about uh, evaluation. And remember, the New England Patriots are coming in uh, for joint practices this week ahead of preseason week two. So uh, the Eagles are already focused on that. They're negotiating with the Patriots. A lot goes into these uh, joint practice sessions. And obviously, you know, Bill Belichick's coming in uh, with a rookie head coach. So you have to negotiate, make sure he's happy. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're immersed in that right now. Thursday might as well be – a <laughs> hundred years ago, as far as the, the Eagles are concerned. Well, let's talk about today, then let's transition. And for I don't want to forget Thursday, because the one thing I do want to say about Thursday night is, like it or not, Quez, you are now on the minds and in conversation around every bar stool, every water cooler, and a lot of Philadelphia fans around the region. They're talking about Quez Watkins today. Yeah, and they should be. I mean, this team needs help help at wide receiver. Obviously, he can run. We don't have to worry about that with Quez Watkins, but there's a lot more uh, to the position than just being able to run. Uh, obviously, when you put together what he was able to put together, it's going to excite people. Remember, he could have had a 98-yard touchdown as well as a 79-yard touchdown. So people are going to get enamored with that explosion. Um he did get first team reps today. So obviously the Eagles are aware of what's going on. And I think more of that has to do with the fact that uh, obviously Devontae Smith continues to be out of practice, although he was upgraded a little bit today from week to week to day to day. So he's getting closer. Um, the other guys have not performed that well. Travis Fulgham, inconsistent. Jalen Rager, inconsistent. Greg Ward. We know what he is. He's consistent, but he's not going to give you much big playability. Um, and Quez Watkins is is sort of that mirage in the desert that has been the Eagles' uh, uh, wideout position. The question is, is it real? Is it real? Because we know, you know every year there's some – player of the preseason that fans kind of latch on to. I thought it was going to be Tyree Jackson. Maybe it still is. Right now it's Quez Watkins. But he deserves a chance to earn the job. Um, and he looks like he's going to get a chance to earn the job. He's got to finish it. As I said, the Patriots are in today, uh, in Monday, in Tuesday, game on Thursday, You'll get to see him against uh, different defensive backs, different kinds of competition. Um, he's got to finish the job. It's it, And remember, 
you know, he's a six round pick. This is not a first round pick. So, you know, there's route running concerns. Is he big enough? Is he physical enough? If he keeps, as Jalen Hurts said, he's no longer a secret. Well, if he's no longer a secret, teams are going to start preparing for him. How does he handle that? We saw it with Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham was a secret last year, and then he had that great month, and all of a sudden teams are saying, okay, let's take Travis Fulgham away, and guess what? They took him away. So it gets it, it doesn't get easier. It gets more difficult. Prior to the game on Thursday night, during some of our Eagles camp recaps, uh, we can go back and go to the tape, as they say. Um, there were many of these reports leading up and leading into the game, John, uh, on Thursday night, where you made the statement, uh, Quez deserves uh, first team reps. Quez, when's Quez going to get an opportunity uh, with the first team? So clearly now, after the game on Thursday night, uh, call it the touchdown, maybe call it the opening kickoff return. I don't know whatever whatever triggered uh, whatever triggered the thought, but now Quez has moved up the ladder, uh, and that is a shift uh, <clears throat> or a move coming out of the game on Thursday. Yeah, it is, and part of it is Quez, and part of it is the other guys not performing. So it's kind of both uh, both ways. And look, I think it's going to be a competition the rest of the way. The hope is Devontae Smith is out there week one. The hope is Jalen Rager's out there week one. Who's going to be the third receiver? Is that going to be Travis Fulgham? Is that going to be Greg Ward? Is that going to be Quez Watkins? I think that's your battle. Who's going to be that guy? And I think right now, Quez is the leader in the clubhouse, but he's got to finish. <clears throat> and Jalen Rager is not the leader in the clubhouse to be returning. Oh, Jalen's no, oh, Jalen's going to play. Be, no, yeah. to be returning punts. Um, you know what? I I don't know what way they're going to go when it comes to returning punts yet. Jalen has gotten reps. Jalen got more reps of the punt returner than anybody else uh, on Thursday night. Boston Scott's in the conversation. Greg Ward's in the conversation. Even Devontae Smith but he hasn't been practicing. He'll go back with the punt returners and, and sort of take mental reps at practice. I do think they might um, they might use Devontae in sort of a high leverage situation. Think about Deshaun Jackson at the end of his career. They, they didn't want to put him back there all the time when he was available, which wasn't very often. Uh, but – uh, if there's you needed a big return in the fourth quarter, you might send him out there. They generally default to Greg Ward when they want to have ball security. In other words, when the punter is maybe at the plus 40, um, and you know you're not going to have much of a chance of return, all you want is ball security. And ultimately, I still think the Eagles might lean that direction because the last thing you want is somebody – uh, muffing a punt, uh, and obviously that's essentially the same thing as a turnover, a huge kind of play, negative play. I think what they're going to do in the preseason is is force Jalen um, to handle these punts, and if he proves that he he's capable from a ball security standpoint, I think he's going to be their their number one punt returner. But that's that's a big if because. 
he's got explosion. He he's certainly uh, more dangerous than Greg Ward. But if you can't catch it consistently, they're not going to put you back there consistently. Yeah, and you also, and if you also don't realize or have awareness to know when to fair catch, when to catch the football, yeah, and, and and when to let it go over your head, um, as you said, um, that that's a field position uh, conversation as well. Yeah, it certainly is. You got to make the right decisions. Do you catch it? Do you let it go? You got to make sure you 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 make your coverage people, your blockers aware. If you're going to let it drop, you got to let those guys know. You know, get out of the way. You got to you got to scream whatever your safe word is to make sure they know they got to run away from the football. All of this is is sort of ingrained in being a punt returner, and Greg Ward is better at it. From that standpoint, from those types of things, ball security, decision-making, uh, communication, but he just doesn't have the explosion. Sort of the same thing at wide receiver. Uh, he knows how to run routes. Uh, he lines up correctly, but he just doesn't have the explosion as a player, and that's why you're looking to improve. John, let's jump into conversation about when the practice actually got underway. Uh, true to form, uh, another 70-minute practice in the books of, uh, prior to coming on uh, in our pre-show. You talked a lot about uh, this being perhaps the hottest day uh, of training camp. Uh, so the heat was bearing down. I don't know if it was the heat uh, that frustrated Jalen Hurts, but bring uh, everybody up to speed in terms of what happened, what did you see, and how did it play out, or, or and or why did it play out? Well, no, I don't think it was the heat. I, I don't even think it was the play. I think the play was whistled dead. So there's been a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts and why he doesn't play well in practice. You've heard all the reports, not only from me, but other beat reporters that are down there every day. Uh, he's not consistent throwing the football. And then he shows up on Thursday night and he looks good. He looks fine. You know, it's only two series, but he played pretty well in what was essentially 10 plays. Uh, had two drops, it would have looked a lot better uh, if, if the guys caught the football for him. So, you know, what's the disconnect? Well, I think the disconnect is, you know, the strength of his game is extending plays and the strength of his game is, is getting out of the pocket and doing some of those things at practice. They whistle those things dead. They, because they don't want the quarterback hurt. You're not going to practice off schedule plays. Um, so they, they're trying to protect him uh, and they blew, they blow it dead. Now today he was doing one of those things sort of, uh, drop back to pass in a red zone drill, didn't have anything, started blushing to the right, and they blew the whistle, called it a sack. A uh, couple defensive linemen got close. And Nick Sirianni has talked about this uh, greatly. He said, you know, okay, in practice, that's a sack. You got to finish the deal in a real game. You got to take them down. And it was clear that Jalen didn't think it was a sack. Jalen thought he would have gotten away and he wasn't given the opportunity. I think that's where the frustration comes from, but that's not going to change. You're never going to, you're never going to let a practice play go uh, because that's not what you're trying to accomplish. You're not trying to accomplish 
off-schedule offense. You're trying to, to run the play that was called and trying to execute the play that was called. And that's where I think some of the disconnect is with Jalen Hurts. Um, a lot of a lot of his skill set is is tied to off schedule offense, and that's yeah. never going to look good in practice. John, who's blowing the whistle dead? Who's or who's blowing the play dead? Um, uh, Tyler Scudder, who is uh, the assistant, Nick Sirianni's assistant. He's the one responsible. And again, you err on the uh, side of caution. Um, obviously, the quarterbacks already have the red jerseys on. The caution jerseys, you can't tackle them. You can't touch them. The defensive players know that uh, to begin with. Uh, so you can imagine, you get a hand on them, they blow the whistle. Well, Jalen Hurts is a power lifter. Uh, you know, he's a strong kid. So you, you can envision a defensive end might touch them. That doesn't mean they're going to bring them down. But in practice, it counts as them bringing them down. One more question about that, John. And I'm, as you're speaking, and I'm trying to visualize what it looked like at camp today. You know, Lane Johnson was on the live postgame show with D. Gunn and Mark Farzetta and Devin Caney uh, on Thursday night in our in our preseason, uh, of course, you joined from the game, uh, from the link uh, as well. One thing Lane mentioned was uh, in reference to Jalen Hurts um, was how calm he was in the huddle. You know, his demeanor never changed no matter what was happening, which I thought was a really interesting comment coming from uh, a veteran uh, <clears throat> like, like Lane Johnson. And, you know, and I don't know if there's any correlation, but here we are now talking about J Jalen losing his cool. Yeah, but that's why I brought it up because it never happens. Lane's right. This guy's always got, I call it, always got a resting pulse rate. Always even keeled. Always. I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't an EKG. Jalen Hurts is straight across. I mean, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Um, you you will you will not be able to tell in typical circumstances whether he had a four touchdown game or a four interception game. He's the same guy. So when he does get a little frustrated, it stands out. First time I've seen it. So that's why it kind of stood out. And I thought it was notable for that reason. Did Jalen talk after practice? No, he did not. The, uh, he only talks once a week at this time of year. Um, he'll probably talk Monday after um, the first joint practice with the Patriots. Um, and that'll be it for the week. But did not speak, obviously spoke after the game on, on Thursday night as the starting quarterback. Um, so, not his turn today. Eagles Camp Recap with John McMullen, football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, no practice tomorrow. That's a change. We began today thinking that we were going to have practice today, practice on Sunday, and then Monday and Tuesday with the Patriots four in a row uh, after having Friday off after the game on Thursday night. Uh, the Eagles made a change today. Yeah, they actually made the change late last night. They didn't announce it publicly until today. 
Um, they had a, a 10 o'clock practice scheduled for Sunday. They moved it to a four o'clock walkthrough. Um, you know, these things happen all the time. It's not that rare. I mean, teams change training camp schedules all the time. I, I imagine it has something to do with the logistics of the Patriots coming in. Um, because remember, uh, you have another team coming in that has its own plan of what they want to get done, and you have your plan of what you want to get done, and you got to get together and figure out the compromise. And so both teams are happy. And Nick Sirianni talked about this uh, this morning before practice. Uh, both teams got to feel they can get their work in, get what they need done. That's why I think the change was made because they're still working out uh, the logistics with, with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. In other words, Bill, Bill Belichick wants it to go this way. Uh, head coach Nick Sirianni <laughs> maybe wants it to go another way. I don't know who wins the tug. I don't know who wins the tug. I, I know who wins. Uh, that is an interesting dynamic. Do you think it is, John? Bill Belichick? I know it's a practice. It's a joint practice. But here's uh, the legendary Bill Belichick, and here's first-year head coach Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I mean, uh, the oh. same Yeah, the same thing happened when Chip Kelly was here. Um, basically, what you're going to see is two teams having their own practices, and then they're going to come together for a few team drills. And, in other words – the Patriots are going to do individual work. They're going to work against each other on one of the fields. The Eagles are going to do the same on another field. Then they'll come together and have a few team drill sessions together, and then they'll go back and work on their own again. Ultimately, I mean, the Eagles have – today was 70 minutes. Um, they haven't gone longer than – the longest practice they had was the one, the open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. And to be honest, I think they only went about 10 minutes longer there because the fans were there. So if you talk about NovaCare practices, I think the longest one was 135 or 140. Might have been an hour and 40 minutes. Eagles aren't going past that. Uh, Patriots will. I mean, I've talked to a couple of New England people Um they generally will go at times past two hours. Um, and they'll probably just, you know, continue practicing on their own while the Eagles call it quits. That's, I imagine, when it's going to happen. By the way, the only difference being Chip Kelly thought he was as good as Bill Belichick. That's the difference uh, when the, when they connected. Uh, let's talk about Zach Ertz, John. Um, you know, I was down at Xfinity today uh, before, uh, as fans were starting to gather there for the, Phillies game, the afternoon Phillies game, uh, a lot of Eagle fans talking about, hey, Zach Ertz is going to be on this roster. Man, Zach Ertz looked pretty good. Man, Zach Ertz is going to make Jalen Hurts look really good this year uh, on the offense. Uh, is Zach Ertz, are we ready to <clears throat> say he's going to be on the roster? Is that naive to think that he would be? What's the story there? No, I think it's kind of uh... – gone on its head from where it once was. I think it was always more likely he wouldn't be here at the beginning. I mean, let's be honest. Zach essentially said goodbye to the city of Philadelphia in, in a very emotional sort of last Zoom press conference. Nothing got done on the trade front. All of a sudden, training camp rolls around. He's got to show up or he's going to get fined. So he shows up and 
you know, now I think, and I've said this before, I think you have two different camps. I think Nick Sirianni has looked at his receivers and looked at Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I've said this before, very similarly to what Doug Peterson felt and said, well, look, if he's here, I'm going to play him because he's one of my best players. And I think Nick Sirianni is warming up to that. Uh, Howie Roseman is still playing the game of chicken with the rest of the league. Howie Roseman is waiting for an injury somewhere else, probably to a contender, somebody who will say, okay, we need a tight end. We got a chance to make a run. Uh, let's go get Zach Ertz. If that happens, I think he would still trade him. Uh, if it doesn't happen, uh, he'll be here. And if he is here, Nick Sirianni is going to use him, bottom line. I mean, he's better than the receivers they have. John, just play this out for me just one step further. Does it get to the point where the new head coach is lobbying to keep Zach Ertz should that situation arise and how he has to make a decision on whether to trade him or not? Yeah, I mean, I think that lobbying has already occurred. I think, you know, if you if you talk to Nick Sirianni, he would he would like to have Zach Ertz on the football team. Remember, it's two different jobs, Joe. I mean, Nick Sirianni's job is to win. You know, and right now we're talking about week one in Atlanta. His job is to win that game. His job is easier with Zach Ertz than without Zach Ertz. Now, Howie Roseman has a different job. He's got to build this roster not only for 2021, but from for 2022 and beyond. Howie Roseman knows, look, you're right. I mean, if, if Zach Ertz is on this team week one, it's a better team, but he's not going to be on this team in, in 2022. Um, it's just not. So, you know, if you get a good trade offer and you're able to move them, and you get salary cap relief on top of it. Well, from from Howie Roseman's standpoint, that makes sense, and it doesn't matter what lobbying Nick Sirianni does, because Howie Roseman's in charge. But I will say this: in a vacuum, just from a pure football perspective, the Eagles are obviously a better football team with Zach Ertz than without him. How did Zach do in practice today? Well, Zach had the offensive play of the day, ran a great route uh, in red zone, seven on sevens, uh, used his, you know, he's one of the best route runners we know, used his body. Darius Slay was on him. Uh, the coverage was right there, but Zach has got such a big body. He was able to sort of play the basketball player uh, and keep Darius Slay away from the football catcher for a touchdown. Uh, and he's probably trying to impress Julie because Julie Ertz was there oh, coming nice. off the Tokyo Olympics, uh, which the U.S. women's team won a bronze. Probably not happy with that, but still, she was there for the first time this summer. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen, of course, uh, also co-host of Birds 365 right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Also joins our new live post game with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Lane Johnson, and John McMullen uh, starting on September 12th following the game in Atlanta. John McMullen will be in Atlanta and he will be reporting 
on live post game, as well as the many other uh, jobs and things that he does. You'll find him on Sports Illustrated. You'll find him in Philly Voice. Um, you don't have to look far. Uh, for John McMullen. So he's like Quez Watkins. You don't have to look far right now because uh, Quez, Quez is practicing with the first team, John. Yeah. Quez, Quez can outrun me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk uh, today before we uh, wrap up here. We've got a few minutes left before we finish up our week three, day 12 wrap. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, the defense too much. Uh, the only transition I could leave the only way to transition into that conversation is to go back to the game on Thursday we didn't see much uh from the defense uh or did we and we just missed it well you missed it if you were out of your seat early I mean they only played a series some players played a series um talking about the starters some played two a couple Alex Singleton played a little bit more as he tried to ramp up his conditioning from, you know, missing whatever eight, nine days because of uh, his COVID positive test. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni talked about that today as well. Uh, the first and second teams he was, he was fine with, they were very sharp on, uh, he was talking offense, defense. Um, it was the third team. And the deep reserves where kind of the wheels fell off and it got kind of ugly from both an offense and defensive perspective. So uh, I think he was very happy with the way the first team defense uh, and even the second team players played. Um, now, they were very vanilla, um, same on offense. Uh, Jonathan Gannon has shown a lot more in practice as far as multiple fronts and using players in different positions. Um, but the Eagles have said pretty consistently they think they have an advantage in, and will have an advantage at least early in the season because teams are not going to know what to expect from them. And we'll see if, if that pans out. Maybe because uh, I thought Alex Singleton, man, he can hawk the football. Maybe because – the CFL football field is 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 so much wider than uh, than the National Football League. He could get to yeah, a play, John, really really fast. I love watching him. Yeah, he's a great player. He's, he really is, and I I don't say that lightly because uh, I I talk to Jody a lot about pedigree, and he doesn't. Um, uh, believe as much as me i'll put it nicely that pedigree matters in this league alex alex is a perfect example of that alex can play but he never got the opportunity because he was undrafted out of a very small school and you know first and second round picks get opportunity after opportunity we've seen it with andre dillard we're seeing it now with jalen rager and you're undrafted, you probably get one opportunity. And when that opportunity knocks, you either take advantage of it or they go to the next guy. And that's sort of what happened to Alex Singleton last year. Um, the Eagles didn't want to play him. Uh, they were forced to play him because of injuries. And he played so well, they couldn't take him off the field. And now he's entrenched almost uh, as a starting linebacker on this team and he took advantage of the opportunity. And it's always great to see when you see a player like that 
uh, who's got this small pathway to prove himself. And Alex got his opportunity and he proved himself. And he's proving himself, by the way, to a second coaching staff. I said, you know, before the start, I said, poor Alex Singleton. He finally convinced Jim Swartz and Ken Plajol, the old linebackers coach, he's he can play. This is a good player. Now he's got to do it again. And guess what? He, he's doing it again. I was cheering the other night in the third and fourth quarter for Sean Bradley, uh, the local kid, uh, was having a great uh, – was all over the field, uh, you know. I don't know whether or not he makes the roster or not, but, boy, I'd love to see it somewhere. Somehow he was playing with some energy the other night. Yeah, I, I, you know, unfortunately, Sean was on with that third group that kind of struggled a little bit defending the run, especially Pittsburgh was kind of running up and down the field. Um, you know, it's difficult to say. You, you always root. He's a South Jersey kid. He went to Temple. Uh, you always root for somebody like that. I do think he's a bubble player, so he's on the cusp. He might make it. He might not make it. Uh, there's some injuries. Obviously, Davion Taylor's still out. Look, the only three linebackers I can guarantee you are going to be here are, are, are Alex Singleton, Eric Wilson, and Davion Taylor. I think TJ Edwards is close to that position. And then you start talking about how many linebackers are you going to keep? And, and it's a, it's a position where in the modern NFL, you only play two for the vast majority of snaps. So a guy like Sean Bradley, he's got, he's got a little bit of a tough numbers game, but um, he's got a real opportunity to make the roster. All right, we'll get your, we'll get you, uh, we'll finish up with your practice game ball, John. But before you award uh, your practice game ball, and we end this edition of Football 24 7, our Eagles Camp recap, week number three, day 12. Um, before you give out your game ball, how about the old timer, Jason Peters? Yeah. Signing on with the Bears. Yeah, signing on with the Bears. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know if it matters, but uh, you know, I was happy to see it for for Jason. He always, yeah. I think you said, or he always said, "Hey, I want to play till I'm 40 years old." He's going to do that. Yeah, he 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 was very uh, honest that he wanted to play this year, and we all joked that, you know, you can't say Jason Peters is finally gone here because they would always bring him back. Well, now it looks like we can finally close that book. Obviously, this is a great player, not what he once was. Glad he's getting an opportunity. But this gives you another example. I always talk about this is an offensive line deficient league as a whole. Everybody's looking for tackles. So if you're thinking the Eagles can't trade Andre Dillard, oh, they can trade Andre Dillard. They can trade Matt Pryor, players like that. Now, they're not going to get a ton back, but they could get you know a late-round conditional pick. Teams in this league are so, so desperate for offensive linemen. And that's why Jason Peters can make a run at play until 40. All right. Great stuff. John McMullen, your practice game ball today. Well, I, I was going to give it to Zach, but you know, Zach always gets stuff like this. And Julie was there. Uh, and obviously his wife is a superstar athlete as well. So I, I, you know, he's got too much going for him, Joe. So I gave it to Elijah Riley. Uh, the defensive back who got an interception, by the way, uh, on Thursday night. Um, and he followed it up today what I thought the best defensive play uh, of the day. Red zone. So it was almost the exact same route 
that Zach Ertz scored a touchdown on that I was just explaining. This time it was Joe Flacco trying to get the ball to Richard Rodgers on a defensive back, same type of mentality, big tight end, using his body. And Elijah Riley was able to undercut it, get the pass break up, big play. So let's give it to Elijah Riley. All right. Good stuff from NFL insider John McMullen, co-host of Birds 365. John McMullen, football 24-7 with John McMullen right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. No practice tomorrow. We'll be right back here uh, with the full report on Monday. John, you'll be at camp Monday morning. Jeff Kerr will be sitting in your chair on Birds 365. So Jeff and Jody on Monday morning live, of course, uh, starting at 8 a.m. right on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. That's going to do it for uh, John McMullen. Thanks, everybody, for watching the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.